Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. You can learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and how to learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 6, 6-10, called Sowing and Reaping. See, the pastor's job is to feed the flock or to use the agricultural image to sow good seed into your lives. And a lot of the uh, verses that are shared in the New Testament, although we are encouraged to do individual Bible reading, I encourage you to read your Bible every day. Most of the pastoral letters, First and Second Timothy and Titus, deal with the pastor's responsibility to equip the flock to pour seeds into the flock that are healthy and good to teach the people of God the word of God. And I will tell you that you and I should be supporting ministries that are true to the word of God. Amen? Men who are in the pulpit faithfully preaching and teaching God's word without compromise, hopefully doing it with compassion, with grace, but unvarnished truth. That's what we need. People who have come to our country in past days, and seen the greatness of America, you've heard the quotes before, said that the greatness of America could be largely attributed to the pulpits of America. And if the pulpits of America get watered down or somehow hold back the seed that needs to be shared, the fruit of it, we will reap what we sow or what we do not sow. Everybody with me? This is part of what I think we've encountered in our country. And this is why the pulpits of America need to get back to the instruction of the Word of God. Because it shapes a community, does it not? It, the Word of God shapes your life. Now, it's not always easy to hear. The pruning, which is part of another agricultural image, is sometimes hard. You prune you know, some plants so that they'll grow more. But when you're pruning, you're cutting back. And sometimes you ah! And all God's people say, ooh! And all God's people say, ah! I feel you. Usually I get the ooh and the ah during the week, and then I want to pass it on to you so I'm not all alone. And so sometimes I know all God's people say, ouch, I feel you. But see, this is part of the process so that we can grow and produce fruit. God says, should not shepherds feed the flock? Ezekiel 34, 2. I will feed my flock, Ezekiel 34, 15. I will lead them to rest. I think every pastor who's in the ministry wants God's people to grow and experience the beauty of the rest that he offers. Verse 7, in typical Pastor Michael style. <laughs> Some of you totally get what I just said. Anyway, do not be deceived, verse 7. This could stand as a maxim all of itself, although it is in the flow of sharing. Don't be deceived, brethren. Make no mistake, God is not mocked. Here's the principle. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Don't be deceived, brethren. This is a truth that is going to apply to you no matter if you think you're the exception or not. Whatever you sow, you will reap. That is the law that God has put into his universe. You sow good things, you reap good things. You sow 
negative things, you end up reaping negative things. Now, God is gracious, and we've all had our moments when we've sown things that we shouldn't have, and we've cried out for his mercy, and we thank God for his mercy. But here's the principle. And some of you may say, and I want you to turn one book back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Some of you may say, well, sometimes it doesn't seem, it seems like people mock God and they get away with it. Some, some, it seems like some pipsqueaks on the earth are always waving their fist at God. Why doesn't God just zap them on the spot? You ever ask that question? It's usually when someone else is doing it, not when you're doing it. Not when you've had a, a thought in your mind, you know, a question in your mind. Maybe you question God. You don't want him to zap you, but the other person, hmm. <laughs> right? Why aren't there more barbecues all over the landscape, Lord? When people mock you, and look, we, we take it personally when people mock our God. But do you know that one day every single person is going to stand before God? That's the, the future-looking idea of this text is everybody's going to stand before the Lord. And the Lord is so gracious and patient with us. Aren't you glad that he didn't deal with you the time that you mocked or the time that you said something silly and he didn't just zap you on the spot? God is patient. He's patient with our rebellious world, patient with his rebellious people. And this particular text in 2 Corinthians 9 is about what you sow and how much you sow. Take a look. Now, this I say, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Here's the law of the harvest. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness abides forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Imagine that you had a farm and you had this beautiful cultivated soil. Let's say you had an acre of it and it was all prepared and you went out with this huge bag of seed and you went something like this. You reach in the bag and you went, one, two, three, Put the bag back on your shoulder and you walk in the house. I think I'm just going to put this in the pantry. Now, with seed going into the ground, let's say three seeds, some water and sunlight, what kind of crop do you think you're going to have? Let's see what's out there now. Oh, it's only three little saplings. Well, that's because you, you sowed sparingly. What did you expect to see out there? But if you went out there with the same soil, with the same bag, and you started going like this and broadcasting that seed in, in abundance, what now is the possibility that you're going to reap? A big harvest. I think the application is clear, and it's not just financial giving, although that's the immediate context. Whatever you reap and how much you, or how much you sow, what you sow, how much you sow, is what you're going to reap. This is the law of the harvest. And if we've sowed sparingly to the things of God, back to Galatians 6, then we will reap sparingly. 
If we've sowed bountifully to the things of God, we will reap bountifully. This is future looking. This looks all the way to the time that we stand before the Lord of the harvest. And we give an account. You may have heard that another Christian uh, leader of a band. What's the band again? Some of you would know the name. Hawk Nelson has come out and said that he's no longer a Christian. And what amazes me is that the Marty Sampson from Hillsong and now this latest one uh, is all about seemingly the problem of evil, which, by the way, Dr. Clay Jones will be here on June 14th to talk about that. And I was talking to, to Joe Kelly, one of our elders here, and he said, Pastor Michael, I just sometimes wonder what kind of teaching these guys had in their churches. Were they told, were they sold a health, wealth, and prosperity doctrine? Or were they told and taught that the Christian life can be challenging and difficult and hard and even filled with persecution and question marks? And Joe threw that out like, I I wonder what they've been taught. It seems like they don't even know apologetics 101. But I do also want to be careful to tell you that we all wrestle with faith questions. And sometimes when we're going through personal pain, things are hard. But it seems like we're having more people publicly come out now and say, I'm not a Christian anymore. And in one sense, even mocking God. And it's sad. I think we need to pray for them. I think we need to hopefully reason with them. But it also could be a sign of the last days where we're told that people are going to depart from the faith and give heed to doctrines of demons. We'll have to move quick. Verse 8, For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, the corruption there could speak of the final corruption unto death. And the life there, since it speaks of eternal life, could speak of the ultimate eternal life, that is, in the ages to come or eternity. But you also could consider that eternal life there is not just a quantity, it's a quality of life. So that when we have eternal life, it's another way to say abundant life. And when we sow to the things of the Spirit, an abundant life is what we harvest. But when we sow to the things of the flesh, we reap what? Corruption. I know everybody in this room has done both. Right? We've sown certain seeds that we regret and they came up and they they were ugly fruit. And we're like, ugh. And then we've sown other seeds that were beautiful. They had moral beauty. They had reached people for the Lord. They had to do with self-sacrifice and sharing. And those are wonderful things. John Stott says, Every time we allow our mind to harbor a grudge, nurse a grievance, entertain an impure uh, fancy, wallow in self-pity, we are sowing to the flesh. Every time we linger in bad company, whose insidious influence we know we cannot resist, Every time we lie in bed when we ought to be up praying. Every time we read or look at something we shouldn't. Every time we take a risk that strains our self-control, we are sowing, sowing, sowing to the flesh. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Join Pastor Michael Lance on Sunday, September 27th for a discussion about suicide with Stand to Reason's John Noyes. Suicide's a leading cause of death in the United States. It's an issue that's touched us all in one way or another. Whether it's something you wrestle with personally or it's a friend who's struggling, it's at the center of our cultural conversation. Join me as I seek to give you some tools to address suicide in your own life or in the life of someone who's close to you. We're going to do this by answering three questions. Why is this important? Why do people contemplate suicide? And what can we do about it? It's time we start thinking biblically about suicide. The 633 event, Thinking Biblically About Suicide, is Sunday, September 27th. For details, call 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. John Stott says, every time we allow our mind to harbor a grudge, nurse a grievance, entertain an impure uh, fancy, wallow in self-pity, we are sowing to the flesh. Every time we linger in bad company, whose insidious influence we know we cannot resist. Every time we lie in bed when we ought to be up praying. Every time we read or look at something we shouldn't. Every time we take a risk that strains our self-control, we are sowing, sowing, sowing to the flesh. But when we sow to the Spirit, beautiful things begin to come out. A harvest. The fruits of the Spirit, which we saw in Galatians 5.22 and 23, Moral beauty like love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness. These are the things that I desperately want to see in my life. And I know the more that it's sown into my life of good things, the more it will come out. Some of you are listening to this and and I can feel you. You're like, but it's the Christian life is hard and I get tired. Anybody ever been there before? You're just tired. Tired of being good. I'm tired of being a Christian. I'm tired of letting people get in front of me in traffic. I want to just cut somebody off today. <laughs> You're like, Pastor Michael, we don't feel any of that. You're just venting all on your own. This, I cannot relate at all. Come on now. Right? And sometimes we get tired of people in the, in the church. Oh, that sounds hard, but sometimes we get just tired. I don't want to do it anymore. Alistair Begg tells stories where the ministry can be a hard thing and it can be taxing. And he said, you know, over the years, I would come home on a Sunday night or on a Monday and I would tell my wife, I'm quitting the ministry. I'm going to get a real job. And he said in the first couple of years, she was like really patient with him. Oh, Alistair, you're a great pastor. And it's just Sunday night. You've just been poured out from doing a bunch of sermons and it'll be okay. And he said, now that many years have gone by, he'll do the same thing. He'll come in after several Sunday services or a Monday and he'll say, honey, I think I just need to get a real job. And now she just says, oh, shut up. You couldn't get a real job anyway. (laughs) Thank you, honey. Appreciate that. Anyway, sometimes we just need a reality check, right? Sometimes we're just moaning and complaining about our lives. We have it so terrible, do we? Even the things that we face that are hard as believers, comparatively speaking to other seasons of the church's history, other areas of the world even today, do we? 
You see, we're not to lose heart in doing good, verse 9. Please don't lose heart in doing good. Another way to say this is don't lose heart in sowing to the Spirit. For in due time, harvest language, we shall reap if we, if we don't grow weary. Look, there's times that I'm tired, and I just have to tell the Lord, I am tired, Lord. I am weary. I feel weak. Would you restore my strength? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm tired a lot of the time, but the Lord's mercies never cease. I just got to tap into it. So I'm honest when I'm tired. I'm like, Lord, I'm tired. I feel like I got nothing to give. I gave at the office. <laughs> and I find that his loving kindness and mercy always is there for me. Final verse. So then, therefore, is the way you can put this, the NIV. While we have opportunity, let us do good to all men. That's all people. And especially to those who are of the household or the family of the faith. We're to go about doing good. This is the principle that could summarize the whole text. Let's do good to all men. Because now is the time that we have the opportunity. When, you're, uh, when you live long enough or you're in the ministry, we see a lot of people perish. And we have to do memorial services. And during this pandemic, we've We've been limited to, we, we've had some of our pastors have to go out with 10 or less family members to lay a loved one to rest. And these are hard things. And every time we do a memorial service, we are reminded of how narrow this window of opportunity actually is to do good. See, there, there is a window where you have an opportunity to sow, brethren. And that window is closing. And I pray that all of you live till you're 110. But you may not. And right now, just in our immediate sphere, we have a couple people we know that are really close to leaving this planet. And it is a reminder that we need to reap while we yet have time. Father, we thank you for this section. It is a very... Uh, Strong section, Lord, just like much of the Bible is about what we should be doing, how we live our lives, how we sow to the things of the spirit of the flesh and how they come out in our lives. And we we know that you're a, a God of mercy. And some of us had long stretches where we sowed only to the flesh. And you are so good and so kind. You saved us and you gave us a new beautiful garden of fruit and we're so grateful for that. And we thank you for the fruit that is represented in this room right now. So much sowing to good stuff. Help us not to lose heart. Help us not to, to grow weary in doing good. Because one day the Lord of the harvest is going to say to us, you, you did well. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And maybe another way to say it is enter into the harvest, man. Thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. Just keep your head and heart bowed. And maybe you could just do a little business with the Lord right now. If he's pointed out something to you that you need to lay before the cross, repent of, maybe even ask for forgiveness in somebody in your life.
Maybe, maybe you're thinking about celebrating all the good things that the Lord's allowed to be fruitful in your life. And you could look around and survey them right now and say, Lord, you are so good to me. Maybe there's a little bit of both. If you're not a believer, it starts with asking the Lord to save you. But I know this room is filled with believers, and my prayer for you is that you would be fruitful in the weeks and months to come, in your life, in your family, your personal witness. And that fruitfulness would reflect that you belong to the God of the harvest. We thank you so much, Lord. We love you, and I ask your blessing on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Sowing and Reaping Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 6, 6 through 10. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program or part 1 or 2, Walk in Truth is available for free on just about every podcast app available. You can listen on our Living Truth app or on your favorite podcast app like iPodcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you know the rest. Hey, we appreciate you subscribing and following Walk in Truth. So remember, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. So if you were to take a moment right now and do a little personal inventory, kind of look at the seed that you've been throwing out lately, the seed that you've been taking in lately, what would you say? Would you say, man, I'm, I've been spreading some good seed. I'm taking in the word of God and I'm giving it away. And man, none of us have arrived, but things are good. Do you know right now, as you've just taken in a Bible study, you've taken in good seed because the word of God is good seed and it's come into your life and it's going to produce. Sometimes we don't even recognize the change that's happening in us, but God's doing great things in your life. And so keep sowing to the things of the spirit. And you'll keep reaping the things of the Spirit, which ultimately for me means I want to bring glory to my God, my Savior, my King. Uh, He means everything to me, and he's done everything for me. And so I want to bring fruit uh, to his glory. Amen. Hey, well, I'd like to just take a moment if you're uh, listening to my voice, and of course you are. (laughs) But on a serious note, I know there's a lot of anxiety these days, a lot of people feeling hopeless. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it's a real struggle for all of us. Uh, you know, we all can say that we have our good moments and our not so good moments. And if you're feeling a bit hopeless right now, remember that Jesus Christ is your hope. And that hope is the anchor of your soul. So please don't lose hope. And if you need help, if you need prayer, uh, we have pastors available Tuesday through Friday about 9 to 4 Pacific time, about 9 to 4 Pacific time. And you can call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And we'd be happy to pray with you. And if you just want to just share with somebody, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is my prayer need. We would be happy to pray with you. 844-48-TRUTH. Now, we're going to be moving in our next teaching in Galatians to the cross is the answer. This is a very important message because the cross answers everything that ails us right now. Division, uh, all the uh, anger and, and protesting and whatever else may be going on in our society. And there's a lot going on. The cross is the answer. That's tomorrow. 
So would you be praying and tell a friend about what you're hearing? And let's take a moment to pray together. If you're driving, of course, keep your eyes open, but pray with me. Father, I thank you for each precious soul that has uh, come aboard to listen to the glorious book of Galatians. And thank you that no matter where we are right now, you know us. And I want to pray specifically for that person who may be hurting and feeling hopeless or that person who doesn't know you yet. And if that's you, just cry out. Just say, Lord Jesus, would you save me? If you're a prodigal, say, Lord Jesus, I want to come back home. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of what my sin has done to me and those I care about. I repent of it, and I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Please forgive me. Make me your child. I want to follow you as my King and my Lord. Now, if you're a believer and you just need some encouragement, Father, I just pray over the believers that are feeling a little bit burdened or maybe a lot that you would lift their burdens and strengthen them in every area where they need it. Minister peace and grace and life to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks for praying with us and uh, for us. We appreciate all you prayer warriors that lift up walk in truth. And remember, tomorrow is the cross is the answer. We'll see you then, Lord willing. God bless you. One more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $10 donation helps us broadcast on the radio, provide the podcast, and do free events about issues our society's facing today to equip you as a believer. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 6, 11 through 18, called The Cross is the Answer. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.